You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 1st. We are in December already. Matt is here with me as always on Wednesdays. We are going to recap the Monday Night Football game between the Seahawks and the Washington football team. Talk a little bit about our rankings for week 13, typically the last regular season game of the fantasy uh, of our fantasy seasons. We had to get at least I believe in most leagues now one more week. I do know some that actually this is still the last week, which is interesting. Uh, and then we will talk obviously a little bit about the Thursday night football game, which has a chance to be a pretty decent game between the Cowboys and the Saints. And last but not least, Matt and myself will dive Back into Pop Culture Corner and talk a little bit about the first two episodes of Hawkeye. Before we do that, though, we are proud to be a part of the, the uh, Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, which we all hashtag when we go live. Ton of great podcasts, not just football, hockey, baseball, soccer. We've got it all. I believe they even have a wrestling podcast on there now, so check it out. Matt, how are you doing on this wonderful Wednesday? Doing pretty good. Still out here in uh, California in my white void uh, on the road, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. Uh, it was an interesting game on Monday, and I'm still I'm at that point in time where I'm almost adjusted to the time zone, just in time to go back. Yeah, I'm sure you're super thrilled to get back to work and in fairly close to like one of your busiest times of the year too, right? So I mean, you're about to jump really really down into into the grind, unfortunately. Yeah, between uh, football movies and the fact that I work for a religious nonprofit at uh, Christmas time, it's going to be an interesting month. Yeah, interesting is probably the best way to describe it. So let's talk about the Monday Night Football game, which I don't think was a very interesting game, but Washington comes away with the win. 17-15, Matt, the Seahawks fall to now 3-8. and eight. I mean, it's over, right? There, there's no shot they're getting back in this. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I'm going to say, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've seen for sure this year, but in, in years, an extra point successfully blocked and returned for the two-point no. conversion, which Not was exciting. Yeah. And then, you know, Washington's kicker got injured on that play. So I feel like Washington dominated that game. And my father-in-law and I were talking about they should have had like 25 to 30 points. And at the end of the game, when they're only up eight, I was like, the most 
2021 NFL thing is going to be for Seattle to come down, tie this game, and force overtime as the turd in the punch bowl of a game where Seattle basically did nothing. Fortunately, they didn't get that two-point conversion, but I was fascinated. I don't know if you realize, Russell Wilson finished his QB9 for the week based on basically that last drive and touchdown. I know. It was such a... It's such a bummer. There was no point in that game where I thought he was playing well. Um, I wondered if DK Metcalf had died and no one told us uh, until they caught that pass with 68 seconds. But Seattle, they they don't look great. Um, they get the 49ers at home this week. I expect another loss. I think at eight losses, it was going to be a tough road to come back. Um, if they lose again this week, which I feel like they will, that puts them at nine. They can't possibly be over 500. I think it's going to – it's it's over. And I actually further think they may break this team up. You know, we've wondered if Pete Carroll's going to be gone. I think Russell Wilson goes, I think they got to do something different. I mean, I think if, if Carroll goes, Wilson may stay, but I think if they decide to kind of continue to hitch their wagon to Carroll, I, I do think Wilson continues to push for the trade and, and gets out of the, I mean, clearly the team is just not where they're not what they used to be. I think a lot of people, continue to think oh because russ is there and pete is there that they'll continue to work on that magic sometimes it's just it's time to start new and i really think it's time to I've been saying it for weeks i really think it's time to start over and start uh, a new kind of direction here for the seahawks washington goes back to five and six and are in the playoff mix are they getting right at the right time you know, it really does seem like they are. Last year, we I think we forget because uh, of the way it ended that they started really slow, and it was kind of a back half of the season surge combined with some not great competition in the NFC East that got them in there. Well, if the playoffs started today, a 5-6 and six team is getting into the NFC playoffs. So uh, you would say at 5-6, and six, oh, that's not great. But that's right in the mix for that last playoff spot. And if you're looking at a group that includes the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers, the Eagles, and the Vikings, I probably do like Washington the best of that group. And I think their defense is getting better, contrary to what you would have expected. They seem like they've figured it out a little bit more since Chase Young went out. Their offense is rounding into shape. I've liked what Heineke's done. I know Dennis wasn't as high on him, but I think he's playing himself into having a chance to prove himself as the guy in 2022. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that. I mentioned, I don't know if it was on here, maybe it was on Debbie Debate. Um, I know we just did a mock draft show. Uh, so check that out. It is on the YouTube channel for CampusToCanton.com. Um, and I took uh, Desmond Ritter in the second round of a rookie mock, and I said that I thought Washington would be the perfect place for him to go sit a year behind Heineke, kind of develop, and then possibly take over as the starter. W- what's interesting for Washington, too, is so they're only two games behind in the division right now, right? They're, they're two games behind Dallas, and they get Dallas yeah. twice in the next four weeks. So... And, and Dallas hasn't been playing uh, incredible of late. Yeah, and, and I like Washington's schedule more. Now, Dallas's isn't that hard either. They do get New Orleans this week on Thursday night, which we're about to talk about. That's a winnable game, but New Orleans has been a good team. They've kind of, unfortunately, you know, Trevor Simeon hasn't really gotten him over the hump. We see, again, a spoiler alert. If you didn't know this, we're about to talk about it. Taysom Hill is going to be the starter for New Orleans. If they lose that game... They also do get Arizona in a couple weeks. That's another very losable game where if you look at Washington's schedule, they get the Eagles, the Giants, they get the Raiders, which is a losable game, but then the Cowboys. Like This division is really still up for grabs, in my opinion. With the way Washington is playing, I think that they are still in it. Um, and in all honesty, I think the Eagles are still in it. It's 5-7 and seven and well. I mean, this division is not quite as sewn up as we thought it was going to be earlier in the season with as good as Dallas has been playing. Well, we are about to go over some of our rankings, but if you want to get the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, head to footballdiehards.com and grab the Flash Update Pro. It's a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. All right, so let's jump in and give our rankings again for week 13. Matt, I'll let you go first, as always, and give us your top 12 quarterbacks. 
All right, you mentioned it. I'm going for it. Number 12, Taysom Hill. Uh, I just think that rushing upside, they need some offense. I think uh, they're going to, they're a pretty desperate team after having lost four in a row. Number 11 for me is Derek Carr. Uh, Not a bad matchup with Washington. I think he's been playing pretty well. Number 10, Kyler Murray. He's supposed to be back. They may ease him back into it a little bit, but I mean, if Kyler Murray plays, you're playing him. Number nine for me, Justin Herbert. Not an incredible matchup with the Bengals, but I am very excited to see Herbert versus Burrow. I hope it's the first of many, many fun matchups between those to come. Number eight for me is Dak Prescott uh, for the Cowboys. I think he'll have a decent shot on uh, Thursday night. Looks like Lamb's at least tracking to be back. Maybe Lamb and Cooper uh, means good things for Dallas, who's going to want to get that win. Number seven, Joe Burrow. Love what he's doing. Number six, Matthew Stafford gets the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number five, Patrick Mahomes playing the Denver defense, so I dropped him a little bit uh, on Sunday night. Number four, Lamar Jackson. He's playing Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh hasn't been incredible the last few weeks. Neither has Jackson, uh, but one of those has got to give. Number three, Jalen Hurts. I know he threw up a dog performance last week. He gets the Jets this week. I think he bounces back. Number two, Josh Allen. Still does everything for the Bills. I actually am going to pick the Bills to win the, over the Patriots, so I think he'll have a nice week. And number one, Tom Brady playing the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's in for a good week. Yeah, so very in, our rankings are are fairly different, which is not usually – we're usually somewhat close in ours. Um I, I almost had Hill in my top 12 as well. What worries me is that they keep talking about him had, like dealing with the plantar fasciitis stuff. And so I wonder how much rushing we're going to get out of him, which I do think is a big part of his game. If he gives us that, then I think he's going to outdo his ranking. I have him at 14. So I, I think he'll be top 12 if he's able to run the ball. The thing for me with quarterbacks was um, there aren't a lot of good matchups this yeah. week. Um, so it's very like... I would probably bunch up a group of guys in the top 18 more than I would in weeks prior. Cause there's yeah. a lot of quarterbacks I like that don't have very favorable matchups and a lot of quarterbacks that I don't love that probably have incredibly favorable matchups. Yeah. That's why in all honesty, I, I kind of leaned a lot on the guys that I just, I, I believe are just so good and consistent that they're just going to do it this week. Cause I'm with you on that. Uh, so at 12, I have Matt Stafford. At 11, I have Derek Carr. At 10, I have Jalen Hurts. I wanted to put him higher, but I just, I don't know. Maybe, I know it was, you know, the Giants and it's a rivalry, uh, a division opponent. You know, maybe you, you don't read bad. too much into it, but it was, yeah, it was bad. And then so, even though the Jets are not, I think the Jets may, no, nah, they're probably on the same level as the Giants in all honesty, but that that pass defense, I think, is still very good. Uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to see what Hurts does in this game, though. Nine for me is Kirk Cousins. Eight, I have Patrick Mahomes. Seven, I have uh, Joe Burrow. At six, I have Josh Allen. Five, Justin Herbert. Four, Lamar Jackson. Two, Kyler Murray. Uh, I think the fact that they, he's come out, him and Hopkins have both been saying that they're back to being fully healthy. I think Murray is going to go out there and, and shred uh, the Bears defense without Khalil Mack um, and probably Andy Dalton starting it looks like as well and I don't know that yeah. although maybe maybe their offense plays better but Arizona's yeah. just been on a roll so coming off of I, my, rank, I think I ranked Dalton I'm not expecting yeah, so did I. to play yeah from what I was reading into the field situation they're saying he's got the cracked ribs and they want to be careful with them I would be surprised if he plays again this season I think they're just going to let him sit get healed up and you know worry about the future uh, and then what I have Dak I I, I'm really in the the fact that they're now saying Amari Cooper might actually play tomorrow night. Zeke's banged up. I, I think it's going to be relying a lot on Dak to throw the ball again. And and New Orleans' pass defense is not nearly as good as their rush defense. I think Dak might have to throw it a lot. So I, I picked Dak as the number one. Oh, I'm sorry. Dak was two. Brady was one. I'm sorry. I messed that up. Brady is number one against Atlanta. My bad. But still, really like Dak, even though hey, he's coming in. I, too. I would love for Dak to be number two. Uh, I just, uh, you know, Dallas, Dallas gives me pause. Oh, I I understand. It it took a lot of me really looking at that and like, do I really want to do this? But I, like I said, I think with, I just, I don't know. We'll save it for the game talk because there's a lot of things I'm just not sure what to think about with the Cowboys, but go ahead and give us your running backs. 
So running back, I, I know they're playing the the Buccaneers, but I have Cordero Patterson at twelve. I mean, he seems to find a way to do it. He is the team for uh, Atlanta. I have Alexander Madison uh, for the Vikings at eleven. Not expecting Cook to play. I think they're playing Detroit. I think they're going to probably try to run and grind a little bit more. Number ten, Saquon Barkley. Uh, probably no Daniel Jones. I think they'll have to lean on that running game. Uh, number nine for me is Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. It's a good defensive front, but I think he catches some passes and he actually isn't on the injury report. So, uh, if he is injured, they're, they're trying to keep it a secret. Number eight for me, James Conner does still no chase Edmonds there. Number seven, Antonio Gibson. Um, I think you can run on the, uh, Raiders and I like what Gibson's been doing. He was catching passes too. Uh, number six for me, Leonard Fournette. He's the number five running back in fantasy. He's on a hot streak. Number six for me, Alvin Kamara. I'm I'm hoping he comes back to play. It looked like he was tracking toward playing, and I think they're really going to need him. Uh, number four, Najee Harris, just because Baltimore's got a stout front. I still love Najee Harris, but I knocked him down a little bit. Uh, three, Austin Eckler. Two, Joe Mixon. I think that's going to be a very, uh, hopefully, high-scoring game. Probably the best game of the early part of uh, Sunday morning. And then number one in my heart and in my rankings, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, our top three are, I mean, Taylor's one. I actually have Eckler and, and Mixon switch. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, that's definitely – it's the one game I'm really looking forward to this weekend, especially without the Browns playing and, and me just sobbing uncontrollably into a pillow as they get their asses kicked again. So I just get to watch football and enjoy it this weekend. So I'm excited. Uh, at 12, I have Zeke. Again, I, I think he can go out there and have a good game. I guess I'm going to believe Jerry Jones that he's going to have a big workload tomorrow, which likely means he's going to get like four carries for four yards and then be benched the entire rest of the game. So take that for what it's worth. But I, I do think that they're going to rely on him a little bit here. He says that he's fine. We'll see if that's really true. At 11, I have Najee. Um, I think he's going to have a decent day here, but Baltimore's run defense scares me a little bit. They can get beaten so easily in the past that I think they might. we might see the big Ben of old, and he's going to throw it 50 times, or at least until his arm falls off. Uh, 10, I have Jamal Williams with, um, with Swift being out. I think Williams has a chance to really have a good game here. I think Jamar Jefferson might get some run as well, but Jamal will be the guy for the Lions. Um, and they have got Minnesota, which has not necessarily been a scary defense. And with them possibly having Dalvin Cook out, um, I think that this could be an actual close game. The Lions have a chance to win. At nine, I have Kamara. I do, as you mentioned, I think he's going to play tonight. Uh, I think it's going to, or tomorrow, I'm sorry, it'll be a good game against Dallas. At eight, I have Madison as well, with Cook likely being out. Seven, I have Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. I think he's going to be in a good game against a bad Seattle team. Six, I have Fournette. And five, I have Patterson. As you mentioned, those two playing each other. Um, again, I know you mentioned Tampa Bay, really good run defense. But what Patterson can do in the receiving game as well, I just, I mean, he was amazing last week as well. I think he's going to be in for a good game. And as you mentioned, Fournette, RB5 on the season. He's going to continue to roll. Four, I have Antonio Gibson. I mean, since coming back from from that bye and the early injury, he's really gotten involved, not just in the running game, but actually getting passes as well. I think he's in for a huge playoff run here. I think Gibson is going to be like a top five guy for me almost every single week. Then three, I have Mixon. I mean, he's been averaging 30 carries over the past four weeks, and I expect him to get that again, especially with his bad as the Chargers defense is against the run. I almost put Mixon at one. Uh, the thing that's put him at three for me is I think Eckler's going to be just as good and get catches. I, I don't think Mixon's going to get as many. And then Jonathan Taylor gets the Houston Texans, and so that's why Taylor went to one for me. If, if, if Taylor was playing anybody else, he probably would be at two, and I know it would move Mixon all the way up. But uh, getting the Texans, then again, his head coach is still Frank Reich, last I checked. So they uh, they might get up 12 to nothing and then decide to pass it 60 times in a row and, and, and move Jonathan Taylor to the bench like they did last week against the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So who not. you got at? What's up? I said let's hope not. Oh, so I'm right yeah, there with you because I need oh, a 
So uh, for me at number 12, I have Deontay Johnson uh, for the Steelers. I think they're going to have to try to throw the ball some. He's still their best receiver. Uh, At number 11, I have Marquise Brown for the Ravens. I think uh, probably some big plays. It seems like Pittsburgh's defense has struggled a little bit uh, of late. Number 10, Jalen Waddell for the Dolphins. I love what he's doing. He was wide receiver one last week. He's top 10 for the season. Number nine, Chris Godwin for the Buccaneers. Number eight, I have Tyree Kill for the Chiefs. Dropped him down a little bit. I think he'll get some Patrick Sertan this week. Uh, Number seven for me, C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys. Number six, Terry McLaurin for Washington. Number five, Keenan Allen for the Chargers. Still thinking that's shaping up to be one of the best games of the weekend. Number four, Stephon Diggs for the Bills. Three, Jamar Chase for the Bengals. Two, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. And number one, Little Cooper Cup. All right, so for me, at number 12, I have Darnell Mooney. He has been really good with fields, and he had the big play with Dalton. Granted, some of that was a little bit of luck uh, with the the run after the catch there, but Allen Robinson is still not practicing, so I think Mooney's going to be the guy. I think the defense, the, the offense is going to probably look decent. Andy Dalton is a professional quarterback, so I've got him up at 12. Very close with Marquise Hollywood-Brown. I was debating between those two. I ended up going Mooney. At 11, I have Terry McLaurin. At 10, I have Deontay Johnson. Biggest thing I'm worried about with Deontay is I think he might get matched up with Marlon Humphrey a lot, which does worry me. Even though Humphreys has kind of struggled this year, hasn't been quite the lockdown corner that we've seen in the past. He's still very, very good. At 9, I have uh, Stephon Diggs going up against New England. You know, New England's going to try and take somebody away. Is it going to be Diggs? Is it going to be Allen? I don't know, but I think he's going to rely on Diggs a lot in this game. Uh, him and Dawson Knox, who I have very highly ranked as well, tied in. Um, I think Diggs is going to be in for at least a decent game here. At eight, I have Evans. I expect not only Tampa Bay to be able to run all over Atlanta, but pass all over them as well. I think Evans is going to have himself a good day. Seven. Adam Thielen, six, CeeDee Lamb, five, Chris Godwin, four, Keenan Allen, three, Tyree Kill, two, Justin Jefferson, and number one for me as well is Little Cooper Cup. All right, moving on to tight end. Number 12 for me, Logan Thomas for the Washington football team. Very nearly got a touchdown on Monday night. He was looking pretty good in his return. I should have been a touchdown because they called that David Njoku pass a touchdown. That should have been a touchdown. I I know. I was bummed. Uh, Number 11, I have Pat Firemuth for the Steelers. 10, Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. I still hold out hope, but it's... It's tough, man. There's just nobody to draw coverage from him. Number nine, Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. Eight, Gasecki for the Dolphins. Uh, seven, I have Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. He just keeps hanging around. Number six, I have TJ Hawkinson for the Lions. Five, Rob Gronkowski for the Buccaneers. Looks like no Antonio Brown again uh, for at least a couple more weeks. Number four, Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the dude's been on fire of late. He has tied in five the last three weeks. Got two big touchdowns last week. I think he's a key part of their passing game. Number three, George Kittle. I think he takes a step forward. I actually had uh, Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 14 as well with Debo out. I think those guys are picking up and carrying the load. Number two, Mark Andrews for the Ravens. And then number one, uh, Travis Kelsey. I, I like Denver's safeties, but I don't think anyone can cover Kelsey. Uh, so at number 12 for me, I have Zach Ertz. I, I think him going up against Chicago. Again, I, I think Arizona's going to come out and roll in this game. Coming off the bye, everybody being healthy again. you got to worry about Hopkins again now that he's healthy. Uh, so I think Ertz is in for a big game. At 11, I have Noah Fant going up against KC. They've been weak against the tight end and, and weak against the pass. Defense has been getting better throughout the season. Um, but I do think that uh, this is actually going to be a very good game. Another game I'm looking forward to this week. And I think Denver and, and KC could be a good one. Fant in for a big game. At number 10, I have Foster Moreau. Uh, Washington has also not been good against the tight end. We know Darren Waller is going to be out. I don't know who else Carr is going to rely on because it sure as shit is not going to be Brian Edwards for whatever reason. So I think Foster Moreau could yeah. be in for a big one. to be him and, and Deshaun Jackson. I had Moreau at 13. I almost put him in top 12. I'm just not totally sold. I mean, hey, I, I like to, you know, I like to swing and miss a lot. So this, this might tight, be one of them. Tight end is a wide open position. That is very true. At nine, I have Tyler Conklin uh, with Minnesota going up against Detroit. And right above him, I have TJ Hawkinson, who is all who goes up against Minnesota. At seven, I have Dalton Schultz. 
Um, I would have had him higher, but again, with the news that Cooper might be back, I, I wonder how much that'll affect him. Granted, Cooper supposedly still dealing with some COVID symptoms, so we'll see what happens there. At uh, six, I have Mark Andrews. Five, I have Logan Thomas. Four, George Kittle. Three, Dawson Knox. Two, Rob Gronkowski. And one, Travis Kelsey. So that is the rankings. Football fans, I'm sure you love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. And DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's preview the Thursday night football game again between the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Amari Cooper uh, is still dealing with COVID symptoms, CeeDee Lamb and concussion protocol, and I believe Cedric Wilson is out, correct, with the with the ankle injury? I don't think he's playing. Yeah, he was injured, just listed as injured earlier, but okay. he wasn't practicing, so let me go see if they've updated I, th- I think Wilson may be out again. So I'll, I'll just start with the, with the Cowboys side here. I mean, I think the fact that Amari Cooper is saying he's going to play and that they're saying he's questionable, I mean, likely means you've got to play him, but I don't know if I'm expecting a big game from him. Again, the – go ahead. Wilson has been ruled out now. Okay. And with Cooper being upgraded to questionable and he is traveling is what it says. Yeah. So he probably is coming in. The The biggest thing that worries me with all that, though, is him saying that he's still feeling COVID symptoms or he doesn't feel right, I believe, is the way he worded it. Um, and, you know, he was not vaccinated for for whatever that matters. First, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how much that really does or doesn't matter. But the fact that he said he's still kind of dealing with it. I don't know how effective he'll be, but I think you've got to play him because he's one of those guys who, like, he could still easily go out there and get you 20 points. So uh, I'm just worried about him being a decoy, and it's like Michael Gallup. Agreed, yeah. That's that's exactly – I'm right there with you. Like, I only have one share of him, and it's in the Scott Fishbowl League, and I'm wondering if I should play him or not because, like, right now – Scott Fishbowl, right? Next week. This is the last week. So it's – because I was looking at it – no, no, yeah, it begin. It used to, but because of the extra week, now it begins week okay. fourteen. So, and and that's what's interesting, right? So right now, I'm sitting as the fourth team in my division, but I'm third in points, so I'm likely going to make the playoffs regardless. Because the way that they do the playoffs is the top three teams um, in standings, and then the top three scoring teams make the playoffs. So I should make it regardless, but I'm six and six because I've just run into some bad luck against some of the other teams. And that's why I'm like, do I want to play in Mark Cooper? Cause like, I'd feel so much better if I got the win and kind of secured it that way, just in case I don't make it in the points, even though I feel I'm pretty comfortable there anyways. So yeah, I, I am right there with all of you who have a Mark Cooper. I'm struggling on whether or not I'm going to play him, but I think you've got to, um, you know, you've got Zeke who no less than a week ago, Jerry Jones was saying he may not play next Thursday. We may need to give him a couple days off. And then yesterday comes out and says, Zeke's going to handle a massive workload. I don't know. I've, I've never really trusted Jerry Jones because a lot of times when he says something, it goes the opposite way. But I think the same thing. Unless we hear something before the game where they're like, hey, we're, rumor is Tony Pollard's going to get 50 or 60% of the carries. I think you've got to play Zeke because even though he has not been putting up a lot of actual stats, he's been getting catches and he's been getting into the end zone. He's been producing for us on a fantasy scale. It's just not the old Zeke of like 20 carries for 120 yards and two touchdowns. It's like 12 carries for 30 yards, but seven catches for 30 and a touchdown or two. You got to play Zeke. 
Uh, Lamb, we both had fairly high. We think he's going to be a ma- in for a massive role in this game because, again, the Saints' defense is beatable in the secondary. They have a really strong run defense, which, again, it was, makes me kind of fade Zeke, but you've got to play him. What are your thoughts, though, on Tony Pollard with all the news on Zeke being a little bit banged up, but, again, going up against a very good rushing defense with the Saints? Yeah, and Pollard, too, we've seen kind of – uh, do well when they've been missing one of the receivers. So that makes it even more of a little bit of a toss up because, you know, with Gallup back off IR, if Lamb and Cooper both come back, does that limit it at all? It, I'm, I'm a little more worried. I like what Pollard's done and I feel like they're still mixing in everyone, but the saints have a good defense. So it's hard to imagine that Dallas is going to have six, fantasy relevant skill position players that's probably it's just you're not going to know who it's going to be you almost have to, to roll the dice and play them all and and hope yours is one of the like four that actually yeah. goes off yeah yeah i'm with you it's throw up a prayer it, it's, a, it's a little bit frustrating on that side of it uh for the saints here alvin kamara dealing with the knee Ryan Ramchick, the offensive tackle, is questionable as well. Looks like Kamara, though, is going to be back and playing. If not, Mark Ingram is at least back. So definitely something to watch out for if they do to rule out Kamara, which doesn't look likely at the moment. But if they do, Mark Ingram is back and good to go. So definitely fire up your Ingram shares. That being said here, the Saints are leaning towards starting Taysom Hill. We talked a little bit about this with the quarterbacks. He's, I don't think they put a actual, like, term on what he's dealing with but the way he describes it it sounds a lot like plantar no, they said fasciitis. yes they said okay yes, they did okay yeah which is a horrible which... injury i don't know i've had it to a point where like i could not walk uh and i'm not nearly the elite athlete that Taysom hill is so take that for what it's worth but um granted he that has he said, a torn plantar fascia is what yeah. they said and that's what's limited him since week 10 so i actually wonder if that's part of the reason that they haven't tried to start him uh before but they did come out you are right and say he is uh starting yeah so that i mean i think he's gonna be okay i think like i picked him up in a couple of places because i'm like hey the rushing upside but i am a little worried that he doesn't do that again because i'll just speak from regular old Joe Schmo here. I've had it when I played baseball and softball, and it is not a pleasant thing. I mean, anytime you walk, move, it feels like you're stepping on pins and needles right there in your heel. I mean, especially when it's torn like that, you can develop bone spurs in the bottom of your foot, and it is extremely painful. And I don't know that the foot is one of the things that you can really shoot up. Um, Now, granted, I did have mine shot up when I went and played in a big baseball tournament, but I had it the day before and it worked for a little bit. But like after hour eight into this tournament, it really started bothering me again. So granted, I'm just like, again, regular Joe Schmo, these elite athletes and and NFL teams may have better medicine. I don't know how much you want to shoot up a foot, though, because you do have to use it quite a lot. Regardless, I think, you know, you had him at 12. I am at 14. I think if you've got him you may not have a better option right now. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully the rushing upside is there. Um, You know, we've seen like a a Peyton Manning in one of his last seasons dealt with a torn uh, plantar fascia in his foot uh, that I know really bothered him and limited him and, and impacted his play, but he wasn't trying to run. Um, I guess my concern is probably more about, Hill is a runner, but if he if they think he's good enough to go, and they said he's been a full go in practice all all week, I think he's going to be motivated to go out there and and show him what he's got. And the upside is there. Uh, I loved what we saw last year, even when he had some struggles with turnovers, he was still a good fantasy start. And that's where you know this could be kind of a late season lift um, at a position. You know, we talked about this week. There are a lot of quarterbacks we like that don't have great matchups. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, it was tougher looking at the quarterback slate. Uh, and so why not take a chance on a guy like Taysom Hill, especially if you're in super flex and you need a lift and you you need a win and you need to, to chase points to get in the playoffs. I, I'm going with him. Yeah. In two of my three redraft leagues, I picked him up. Um, because I've got Jalen Hurts actually as my starting quarterback in both of them. And I was like, you know what? Give me Taysom Hill. 
Hertz has got a bye week coming up, and I'll hope that uh, that his his heel is week good to go when he's ready to go. Yeah, well, that's again. There are four I'm, teams out next week. In the, I know. I mean, that's why I'm really eight teams on a bye. The last two weeks before the conventional playoffs this is going to be a little brutal. Yeah, yeah, I'm really. That's why I, you know, I was talking about Jonathan Taylor. And I need a win. In one of my big money redraft leagues, if I get a win this week, I am secured a buy, and that's all I care about. I don't care if I lose in week 14 because I, I cannot fall out of the two seed. Uh, I'll at least be the one or two seed. So, I, Jonathan Taylor, bud, 50-point game again? I don't think like I'm asking too much. Help me out here. I know, because he's off next week for sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I lose him and Jalen Hurts and somebody else. I was like, this sucks. It's like, uh, Patriots. Uh, Dolphins, Colts, and Eagles are out next week. I wonder, it may have been Damian Harris then, but I don't know that I'm starting yeah. Harris. So, but yeah, it, it's a uh, week 14 is not going to be a lot of fun. So, definitely has a chance though to be a very good game tomorrow night with again Cooper coming back, Taysom Hill if he's healthy, getting the start at quarterback, and what he can do. We saw that uh, I think it was last year and even the year before that when he got those starts, those first games, he put up a ton of fantasy points with what he's able to do rushing the ball. Who were you picking to win the game? Dallas, I wish I knew how to quit you. Uh, this puts my my two fandoms, Dak Prescott and Taysom Hill, uh, but I'm going with my boy Dak. I'm taking the Cowboys as well. I think that they uh, get the win here against the Saints and, and push closer and closer to a playoff berth. Dennis is also taking the Cowboys, so it is a clean sweep for us. All right, so if you guys have not watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye, now would be your chance to leave. We thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy the Thursday night football game. One of us, or possibly both of us, will be back on Friday to recap the game and preview everything else for the Week 13 slate. If you guys have watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye and you'd like to hear our thoughts on it, well, we are going to talk about that now. Matt, what did you think of the premiere episode of Hawkeye. You know, I thought it was a lot of fun. They've done a good job uh, with these uh, of building the world, kind of a, an introduction and a showcase for Kate Bishop, and then kind of a, a showcase for uh, Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton Hawkeye, a guy that's been kind of on the background or periphery in a lot of the MCU um, stories. You know, they brought him out. Uh, and kind of made him a focal point of what's considered the the least of the Avengers films, the Age of Ultron, where you kind of get to meet his family. But that part of Ultron, I thought, was actually interesting. But for the most part, kind of pushed to the background. You get hints, obviously, in Endgame that he went a little dark when his family got snapped um, before they bring him back to the fold. And I was very interested that this series looks like it's going to look at some of the ramifications of that. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved the first episode. Now, I'll be uh, open and honest. I am a massive Hawkeye fan. He is one of my favorite Avengers. So so getting a, a whole show centered around him. And I don't know how, I don't know if they announced this and I just missed it. I had no idea that that was going to be Kate Bishop who we got to see. Yeah. I thought I, I thought it was going to be somebody else. So when we found out that's who that was, that was really cool for me as well to see that. If you guys follow the comics, paying any attention to that it, it is really cool to see her getting brought into uh the canon as well but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it i thought there was a lot of fun a lot of action I, I i don't remember her name but the the woman who plays kate bishop has done Haley a phenomenal Haley steinfeld was phenomenal through almost all that episode very interesting for me them kind of making uh hawkeye more human than we've seen him especially with the being deaf which i was not yep. expecting um there's a lot of stuff through uh marvel lore like where at times where he goes blind or pretends to be blind i, I don't remember anything seeing him being deaf and and i do like that they do that though when it shows like hey like all the stuff that he's had to deal with throughout his life like he is human he is not he does not have these superpowers i thought that was kind of a a very interesting twist on that um, but for the most part, Hawkeye has been kind of a minor character at times. What do you think of him in a feature role? Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be good and interesting. I like his family aspect. Um, and like I said, I like that they're going to go and explore this kind of, you get a little, you get a few glimpses of how he went off the reservation a little bit. Uh, I was interested too that somebody raided the old Avengers headquarters and was selling off Avengers stuff and that his 
um, Ronan gear was in in some kind of Avengers vault. That was kind of interesting. Uh, I really liked, you know, the way that they're kind of exploring to the depth of the long term grief. He got his family back, but it cost him his best friend. Yeah, and and what that's going to be like, and we already know, uh, courtesy. I've assume you've seen Black Widow the movie. Yes, I have. Yes, we already know, courtesy of the movie, that we're going to see Yelena at some point. I actually have seen episode three. She hasn't appeared yet. I think it's a six episode season, so it's it's coming somewhere in there. We know he's going to have to deal that with that in a very tangible way as well. Yeah, there's been a lot of, like, as you know, and I'm sure any of the listeners who are still here probably know because I talk about it all the time. I do everything I can to avoid everything when it comes to the movies and the TV shows. I don't want anything spoiled for me. That is one thing. Not necessarily been spoiled, but I've seen all the rumors that she will be in the show at some point. Um, she's, I believe, listed in the credits, which I actually do know that uh, because my wife made me go look at the cast list to look up one of the people. Because she's like, I know I've seen well, him from somewhere. They give that they give that um, to you uh, for sure in the in the closing scene at Black Widow. Yeah. Well, but I they don't know that. They, well. I don't. So my thing, and I don't know if there is. I, I haven't heard anything if there's like going to be a second season of Hawkeye. So I, I didn't know how it was going. to... I assumed when you see that that maybe she was going to be in the Hawkeye series because we knew at that point in time there was going to be a Hawkeye series. But I didn't yeah. know if she's going to be like a major part of this because. You know, with the tracksuit mafia and some of those guys seeming Russian, like how, how does that play into it? So, like, I, I assumed we would see her, but then again, when I when I had to scroll through the credits for my wife to look a character up, and she's like, "Bam!" right there, I was like, "Okay, yeah." Well, now I don't know. She's going to be in here. At well, least I'm wondering if they, you know, because they they did. I know you said you weren't aware, but they they were very clear that it was going to be Clint Barton and Kate Bishop uh, in the show from okay. from the beginning. Um, and they, it definitely seems like they're grooming her to kind of take over that part, which makes sense that Renner is, you know, like a lot of them is looking at, at bowing out. Although I did read somewhere Scarlett Johansson has agreed to come do another MCU project. So I'm very curious about that, especially after the lawsuit. But I wondered too, if at some point we see kind of Yelena and who they seem to be grooming to take over a, role similar to what her sister had in, in the world if they end up being friends she and kate bishop i wonder if uh if maybe she has something to come back with all of the the multiverse stuff we're about to see we saw that she was a like a major major pivotal character in what if uh for yeah. a lot of that so may, maybe it's something with that that'll be very interesting to see um at the outset though he he's watching a musical you talked about that part like I think that is going to be the very key thing. Again, we we only get six, so now we only have three left, which sucks. I thought it was going to be longer than that. I didn't know how many episodes it was. Like, I'm very curious uh -huh. to see how that all comes together because those two definitely have like a a major bond between the two of them, and not just him and and and, and Blackwood, like the whole family. You hear, you see his daughter talking about that. You know, uh, uh, when when they go visit the farm, you're talking about ages. Uh, uh, with an Ultron, like his wife seems to be very friendly with Black Widow as well with Nat. So they, they clearly have a very close bond. I'm curious to see how that all kind of plays out uh, throughout the rest of the series uh, with that. You have any more thoughts or comments on that? No. Yeah. It, it will be interesting to explore that. Also Rogers, the musical made me laugh. Yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad. I just loved how they're sitting there. He's like, yeah, he wasn't even there. He's like pointing and talking about Ant-Man and, yeah, it was just that was uh that was very, very interesting, that whole thing. I Dad, you're fun. missing it. No, I lived through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh what so what do you think so far of Kate Bishop? I think uh, you know, again, I just mentioned uh, I, I forgot her name, but Haley Steinfeld is has been amazing so far. And I've only seen the first two episodes. I've not had a chance to see episode three yet, but I think she has killed it so far as Kate Bishop. Yeah, and I really like her as a performer. Um I think she has good uh, chemistry, uh you know playing off of Jeremy Renner too. Uh, their scenes work well together. Um, I, I was really happy with their inclusion and I thought they did a nice job of kind of building a little origin backstory. Very curious to see what's going on with her um, soon to be stepfather. I told my wife, I'm, I was a little leery that uh, this whole process is going to lead her to learn something uh, not so great about her mother too. 
Yeah, I mean, that definitely seems to be the thing. Now, and if you're hinting toward you knowing something, please don't tell me because I have no, no idea. No, they didn't say anything yeah, yet. She, she clearly looks to be involved in all kinds of things that um, are, you know, just don't look like they're on the up and up, I guess, is the, is the nice way to put it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out with her as well. Um, you know, I did get to see a preview of the stuff, so it looks like they are, as you mentioned, leaning and, and moving toward her, probably taking over the Hawkeye uh, role there, which I will be excited to see how that works. And, you know, if she's able to actually get into some of the movies because we do, I do know that she is a, a well-accomplished actor. So does and she get in? Yeah. Tom Holland just agreed to three more Spider-Man movies, which kind of gives her three more films appearing as Spider-Man, um, which gives you a feeling you know, maybe they're going to reconstitute some kind of young Avengers. <sighs> I love it. I love Tom Holland too. Dude's amazing. I, I hope he stays Spider-Man forever until I'm dead. Please make he's, it happen, Marvel. He said something about if he's still playing Spider-Man when he's 30, he's failed in his life. And I was like, bro, if no, no, by no. failed, you mean fail upward and got like a yeah. billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. Uh, you know, not to jump too off topic here. I do get that for some actors. You, you they talk like even because I'm such a big Daniel Craig fan uh, with the Bond thing. And that's kind of what he's always talked about too. He's like, I don't want to play Bond my entire life. Like, there's other roles that those guys want to play. So I get it. But like as a fan, I'm like Tom Holland play Spider Man until you're 60. I don't care. I'll buy into the illusion of a 60 year old Spider Man doing stuff. So yeah, I know. It's gonna uh, be, so it's been a good year for Marvel. Yeah, I feel like every year for like the past decade has been a good year for Marvel. They they have not failed that much here, uh, at least the last I that for, I can remember. For fandom, you know, because we still yeah. have, uh, you know, Hawkeye will wrap up by the end of the year, and we we then we get uh, Spider Man. They've they've nailed the movies. I, I thought um, I would still say Hawkeye's tracking to be one of the shows I like better. Um, yeah. You know, the only. One of the five series that didn't totally hit a home run for me is What If. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed with that as well. Yeah, so it looks like, if I'm looking at this correctly, it looks like Wednesday the 15th will be the final episode of Hawkeye, and then we get Spider-Man that weekend. So Maybe there's oh, a tie-in, too. You have to, you have to wonder if there's wait. a little bit of a tie-in since it's a I've got unified it. The- world. The worst part about that is I've got to figure out when I'm going to go see Spider-Man that weekend because I'm taking my oh, I can I was about to like look around like my wife doesn't listen to this I'm taking my wife to I don't I don't know if they have this in Colorado so it's a place called Texas State Brazil have you ever heard of that hmm. it's it's a it's a very fancy and very expensive restaurant that she's wanted to go try to like get all dressed up and, and go to for like a year and a half and so I'm taking her as our Chris her Christmas one of one of her many because you know. As men, we get like a pair of socks. Women get like eight different things. So one of many of her Christmas presents she is getting, we're going to go do that. But we're going to do that on Saturday night. So like, I don't know that I can slip Spider-Man in before that. So I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to have time to go see Spider-Man. Because I want to go see it opening weekend. Because I know that's one of those things where like, no matter what I mute, it's going to like with Avengers that got spoiled me by Shady asshole so like i i don't i I, and i can't stay off twitter for like four days so like i've got to find a way to go see that movie that weekend so it's going to be interesting but uh last thing we'll we'll touch on with uh with yelena here uh when do you expect her to show up sometime soon do you think it's going to be like a last second thing in the last episode i i think it's going to be probably next episode next week like the fourth fifth episode I'm very curious because like, I, and I wonder if this question is about to get answered for me because you've seen episode three because obviously at the end of episode oh, no. two. Hawkeye's they- last episode has got to be December 22nd because today was episode three is the first. Fourth will be the eighth. Fifth will be the 15th. Sixth will be the Oh, 22nd. yeah, I guess you're right. I was looking at yeah. one, two, three, four. Yeah, you're right. 22nd. Yeah, yeah, my bad. I was looking at today's I know, episode. I forgot it was December two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious is because obviously at the end of episode two, it looks like the tracksuit mafia is talking to, I'm assuming the boss, which is a woman, but in the comics, the tracksuit mafia works for Kingpin. And so like, I am secretly hoping they're going to tie in the other Marvel series from Netflix. Obviously Kingpin being in, I believe he was in, Daredevil. He was not just Daredevil, was he? I, I thought he was. A, I know he's yeah, mentioned I mean, I in other ones. 
think he did think a couple he, of them. Yeah, I, I want to say it was either Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. I know he had like a cameo in, but I don't remember which one because I don't think he was in Punisher, uh, which I still need to finish Daredevil. I've never finished the last season. It drives me crazy because it was such a good show. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping because obviously we've heard all the rumors. I have not seen anything. I refuse to read anything. I've read, obviously, they're seeing the rumors that Daredevil will be in Spider-Man. Uh, and there have been rumors that Marvel's talking about bringing those back. We talked a lot about that recently with, with Charlie Cox saying like he would he would kill to, to remain the, the Daredevil or he would kill whoever they recast him because he wants to be, uh, he wants to continue, Charlie Cox continue playing Daredevil. So I'm curious as if they will link that in at all. I would love to see it, uh, but I don't know if, if that's really going to happen. Uh, but so far I'm with you. Like it, it's been amazing. Uh, again, I, I'm a, maybe a little bit biased because I love Hawkeye, but I, that's literally what I'm going to go do once this show is over is watch episode three. So I'm excited for it. I cannot wait to see, see how it ends. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. I think you'll like uh, today's episode might answer a few of your questions. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like I'm, it feels like a, uh, uh, when we talked, what, what was it we were talking about? Was it Loki? Yeah, we talked to like we we had all these theories for Loki one episode, and then we went and watched it that Friday, and it like dropped, like it ruined all of our theories in one episode. Like, oh great, cool. So that was kind of a waste of an episode. Well, I know. I feel like that's what you're telling me right been, now. All of our theories haven't been ruined, but um, no, uh, all of our theories have not been ruined. I was looking at Vincent D'Onofrio. It only shows him as being because he was the one that played Kingpin. Yeah. It only shows him as being in uh, Daredevil. Oh, maybe it was. Well, I know they mentioned him, so that's what I'm saying. Maybe he never actually appeared in it, but I know they talked because, like, it was. Yeah. Uh, it well, had they to have been Luke Cage because. World. Yeah, it had to have been Luke Cage because I remember that was where, where Rosario Dawson was in Luke Cage because she ends up getting with mm-hmm. Luke Cage. And so I, maybe it was her talking about it because obviously she starts off in Daredevil, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if there's any shot of that whatsoever. Probably not, but, you know, wishful thinking, at least on my part. So that, though, will do it for us today. Again, um, at least one or both of us will be back on Friday to recap the Thursday Night Football game and preview the rest of the Week 13 slate. Everybody enjoy the Thursday Night Football game tomorrow. We will talk to you guys again soon. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. I came out the wrong line already.